listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 81, where we will be jumping into Clockwork Prince and discussing the prologue as well as chapter one, the council chamber. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. Hey. hey. Sup, dogs. What's up? Sup, dogs. We, we're we're uh, deviating from our regular schedule by recording early this week because I got plans this weekend, so I can't record. So we probably haven't, I mean, it's only been a few days since we've talked to each other, so we probably don't have a whole lot <laughs> to share. <laughs> I finally figured out. Because I listened to our wrap-up episode in the car mm-hmm. yesterday while I was driving to and from work. It. And I was like, it sounds different. It sounds different. It's all the pauses. Yeah. Because there's nothing written out. And I actually, I'm trying to think about my answer to the question. It's all like, it's a little bit more dead air than normal. That's what sounds okay. different. Yeah. Well, yeah, because in the wrap-up episodes, I tend to leave most of it like in and just let it kind of like naturally unfold because it's like it's kind of like a bonus episode so I don't I don't Uh worry uh about like super sharp editing and stuff just because I figure it's more of like an interview format anyways yep Mm -hmm. but yeah well and I didn't read the questions beforehand because I wanted right answers to be like well yeah you don't want like natural answers you want like the tension of having to figure it out on the spot Mm mm-hmm uh-huh. Oh, but like also I said respite instead of respite last episode <laughs> and it's been haunting me for four and a half days. So I acknowledge that I fucked up <laughs> and hopefully this will oh, help funny. me like move on and release it. <laughs> this is like you like you're the news and this is your retractment. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Or like a TikToker, like YouTube apology. You guys, I just want to say I've really grown as a person from the person who I was four days ago. I did my best. I did my fucking best. Yeah. I'm going to find that video clip and post it. You should. Yes. Just in case you haven't got to see it yet, then you will get it. Did you... You are missing out if you have. Did you seen end it. up posting that meme that you totally called me out for? No, I don't think oh. so. That was I literally I read I was reading and I was like this is Kristen this is Kristen this is Kristen. <laughs> you've got to you've got to post that in the group. I will. I will. Oh my gosh! Mm. I was like I feel personally attacked <laughs> <laughs> on a deep and personal level. Really? Did she post share a video that said, "Hey, this is Amanda, and it's a lady that's cleaning her house before the cleaning lady is coming over"? <laughs> yes, I would do that. Okay. We we've had this discussion before. That's how I know you would do yeah. it. You're like hypothetically, if I got this cleaning service like just one time, just before the baby's born, do you think I should clean before they come to clean? <laughs> no. It's kind of the point. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. It's embarrassing. Golly goodness. My friend, my bestie growing up, had a house cleaner, like someone that would come, a company that would come so in. So cool. And her mom would make her go clean before the housekeeper came to clean. And I was like, why do you do that? And she was like, this, this person 
is helping us clean up but not pick up so I need to clean up my clothes yeah I need to make sure my stuff's put away like I don't need to be hindering her being able to do her job by leaving my stuff laying around I was like you guys are really good freaking people yeah yeah you guys are good people (laughs) well it it makes sense it's like you hire someone to come do the shit that you don't have time to do like vacuuming and scrubbing the floors and doing those kinds of things not to pick up your kids laundry like uh-huh exactly and put right. it away and all that you're stuff. like yeah no sure. I have a super busy career and so does my husband and we don't have any fucking time and we have a big house and four kids like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need someone that can vacuum t- twice a week like <laughs> preach yep yep <laughs> well um I do have something awesome for everyone's listening ears <laughs> we have a review <gasps> review time that's my robot dance we need like some sort of like theme song for the reviews or some sort of like hook into it i don't know in my Mm. head the price is right come on down music plays (laughs) (laughs) exactly and i don't know why (laughs) (sighs) okay all right guys this is from apple podcasts and it's from kidbot07 and the title is I love the show. I Aww. love the title. <laughs> when I first started reading City of Bones, I went looking for a podcast. I've never really liked any book any before, but uh, when I saw yours, I was immediately intrigued and after a while I had gotten my friend to listen too. Please never stop doing this. You guys always make me smile and laugh. I feel as though Jem would be proud. Aww. Although I love, also, I love the 90s references. <gasps> Yay! <Yes>. For antiquated <laughs> pop culture references. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much, KidBot07. That's a cool username, too. I'm into it. Yeah. Dude, my username, I think we've been over this, but it's literally Robin Carlos. Yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Wait, do you remember what was your first one? Like when you first got AOL? Oh my God. Okay. I remember what mine was. I remember. Was. <laughs> what was yours? I know mine too. <laughs> oh. Uh, mine was Monkey Girl 623. Yep. My birthday is June 23rd. So Monkey Girl, because I liked monkeys. Mine was Weird. Football Chick Girl 13. <laughs> How many X's were in there though? None. No, 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 no. This was like okay. my my like 1998, like AOL, like AIM awesome. screen name. Okay, Robin. Okay, mine was White Bengal Tiger 182. <laughs> okay, was that Blink 182? Yeah, maybe it wasn't Tiger. I think it was just White Bengal 182. Yes, it was. <laughs> so we both had animals. And mine That's was great. I like tigers. Now I like ligers. Because they're bred for their skills and magic. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You literally just, you cackled so far back you went out of the screen. Oh, my gosh. It's so great. Dude, I love it. That was my AOL one. We had the the discs with the free minutes. Yes. And you had to always get a new one. Why would anybody ever pay? You get so many of them. Yeah. But you'd have to sit there oh, while it said it was installing and it would be ready in like 48 years because it was so slow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That was Good fun. Good times. Good times. <laughs> but it's so nice. I, you know,
know, it feels like a th- a running theme in our reviews that like they're like, I'm not really a podcast person, but I like you guys, and like that's awesome. We could turn you on to yeah. a podcast. It's because we're yeah. super unprofessional. Yeah, it's because we don't. This isn't probably not how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Great. All right, what do you guys say we cut the chit chat and kick things off with not Robin's recap? Because there is no recap, because we just fucking did that last week. <laughs> Go back and listen to last week's episode. An hour and X amount of minutes of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, let's kick things off with Kristen's keep up. I don't like it. That feels no? weird. No. I know I've tried it before. <laughs> I know. Stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> Kristen's corner with a cake. It's <laughs> weird. I feel like you should be serving biscuits and gravy. <laughs> I could serve that you biscuits title. and gravy. If they would be homemade biscuits too, and they would be so good. Dude, I don't like biscuits. I need okay, rolls. Quick sidebar. One, I can absolutely make you rolls. Like that is not an issue. Mm. Two, mm. I make some really good biscuits. But we were we went out of town with some friends of ours in March. And I like was making because I had breakfast one morning, so I was making biscuits and gravy because it's Jason's favorite. And like our friend came out and he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm making biscuits." And he's like, "From scratch?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, like, <laughs> like I understand that like not everybody does that, but like to be that shocked by it, it's not hard. There, it's like six ingredients. Like it's not difficult." <laughs> <laughs> takes like 15 minutes yep but I the other day this is my quick sidebar mm-hmm. with Kristen's cooking the other day I felt I know you've all been there you know you feel the ebb of depression like eating away at your soul and yeah. you're just trying really hard to like put your plus five suit of armor on yeah it's called Tuesday I was just like I feel so bad and I looked at my daughter and I was just like I just really want Auntie Kristen to make me cookies yeah, I want her so chocolate nice. chip cookies. I need that in my life. And she's like, Mom, can't you just make chocolate chip cookies? I'm like, it is not the same <laughs> right. remotely. It's the same recipe. She showed me how to do it. It is not the same. <laughs> and that is a hill I will die on. Okay. It's just the fucking recipe on the back of the chocolate chips. It's not no, anything special. It's like Phoebe. Cool house. Yeah. Phoebe's grandma's chocolate <laughs> exactly. chip cookie recipe. Exactly. Oh my God. I will make you cookies. I will. Yeah. Well, while you're at it, why don't you make me some more macarons? Okay. Mm. I mean, those are basically cookies. They are cookies. (laughs) I can do that. Because I can't stop thinking about them. Oh my God. Gosh. All right. Okay. Jumping in. We're going to dive right in. So it looks like we're kicking this right off with another creepy ass prologue. Will Herondale, currently reigning at the top of our Shadowhunter shit list, is enjoying a jaunt through the Crossbones graveyard near London Bridge in the dead of night. Seems legit. But our young Mr. Herondale isn't just soothing his teen goth soul with a midnight stroll among the dead. Because surprise, he could talk to ghosts. You guys, how exciting. Oh my god. He can see dead people, like literally. (laughs) Haley Joel Osmond shit. (laughs) Right behind you. 
I'm going to little quick excerpt from the book. Quote, as he approached the old cemetery, their voices rose in a ragged chorus, wailing and pleading, cries and snarls. He did his best to block out the noises, hunching his shoulders so that his collar covered his ears, head down, a fine mist of rain dampening his black hair. Yeah, no thanks. I'm not, I'm not about yeah. it. I'm not okay, into it. Can I just have a moment? Mm-hmm. I just want to say our last episode we talked about comparing cassandra claire's writing from city of bones to this Mm -hmm. and oh my god i got literal chills because i knew i wasn't gonna have time to sit down and read so i put the audiobook on Uh Mm -hmm. and i was like this is creeping me out right like i am getting like creeped out here yeah i read the book this time Mm -hmm. And listened to audio the first time. And I felt the same way. I was like, I'm reading this. And I'm like, I don't feel the same connection that I did with this chapter and everything so far as I did when I was listening to it. It was really Dude, good. I yeah. am such an advocate for audiobooks. Like, I don't think that, like, it needs to be the only way you consume. But there are certain performances. And, and I mean performances. Like, when they have actual voice actors voice acting the book right like they they they're mm-hmm. not just narrating the words they're putting inflection and all of that stuff and when you get a really good narrator it elevates the reading experience like i almost every book that i listen to on audible i have like either the kindle version or a paperback of it and because i like to like if i like it i will say okay if uh-huh. if i don't finish it i'm not going to bother but <laughs> Because cause I like to have both options, but there's some that, like, I don't even, like, I've tried to read them in another format, and, like, the performance is just so good. You just, yep. I get it. Mm-hmm. The the lady, I keep, I'm going to forget her name, that did Chain of Gold and Chain of Iron. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So good. So good. And if she doesn't, Fenty Williams, is that who I it think is? so. If she doesn't do the next one, I'm going to be so freaking sad that would be a really big bummer and they are not known that would for keeping tragic literally a tragedy Shakespeare wrote that I think because so many people really like her and have been really vocal about it I hope that they stay because they don't have a great track record of keeping narrators throughout like a mm-hmm. sec- like a series especially you know yeah. within the shadow hunters but okay I'm sorry that was my sidebar okay. we can continue with our regularly scheduled program Okay, so creepy. We've set the ambiance. There are whales in the distance. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not into it. I just, how, I mean, it's obviously we find out that he's been there several times, but how scary yeah. would that be? <laughs> no matter how confident you are. <laughs> okay, so Will isn't actually walking through the cemetery at this point. That bit was just to add some drama. Um, He's actually skirting around the perimeter. And when Will gets to this, like, massive wrought iron gate, like, this giant knocker appears in the mist, like, magic, you know, because angel blood, because apparently he's Nephilim, so he gets access fucking anywhere. doesn't matter. It's crazy. And Sheldon, I mean, Will, uh, lets the knocker drop three times. (laughs) And... (laughs) <laughs> okay, do you think it dropped or do you think like it's heavy enough that you're just like, wee, 
and you just let it go. And I would like to think it like a regular he did it very like just like once, lift it up, let it drop once or second time yeah. and a third time. Like I feel like he would be extra about it. Just yeah. one finger. <laughs> yeah. Well, he said like the cold sweep like seeped under his leather gloves, yeah. like holding it right. Yeah. Or something like that. Oh, Heck yeah, it was on the gloves. No, mm-hmm. no, bro. No, thank you. So he knocks three times, and poof, out of the fog comes a craggly-ass ghost named Old Molly uh, to grant <laughs> our hero's wishes three. Just kidding. Ghosts don't do shit for free. So Old Molly's like, ah, shit. Back for seconds already? A real little quote. Quote, Will leaned against the gate. You know I missed your pretty face. She grinned, her eyes flickering, and he caught a glimpse of the skull beneath the half-transparent skin. Okay, whoa. Excuse me while I go scream into the void. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Okay, there we go. <clears throat> like, what? <laughs> he's such a fucking Herondale, he's flirting with a ghost. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, that's how he knows how to get what he wants. Right? Like, she doesn't even need a heartbeat. Forget that line. (laughs) He'll flirt with anything. Anything with a heartbeat. That's great. So, okay. So we get back to our little story about this particular graveyard and why it's full of tortured spirits. Quote, most of the wailing voices of the dead belong to prostitutes, suicides, and stillbirths. Those outcast dead who could not be buried in a churchyard. That's right, folks. Victorian England was just that horrific. And yes, no matter how much the Victorians tried to church up their atrocities, including but not limited to the fucking damage they did to art and history in an effort to codify the past in their image. They were assholes who destroyed and altered a bunch of shit to make it more palatable for their delicate Victorian morality and, you know, like imperialism and shit. So listen, I'm not saying I hate the Victorian era. The fashions of the time are like chef's kiss. Okay. The industrial revolution was like important, I guess, whatever. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But they were still assholes. You know, like the ruling classes of most human history, right? So it's not, it's not like just them. It's like everybody. But fun fact that I needed to share, which gives reason to my anger, okay? They painted over a fucking 300-year-old portrait of Isabella de, de Medici, okay, to make her, quote-unquote, prettier by Victorian standards. And I have included a picture, Okay, I just want you to see, this bitch was, like, powerful, okay? She was the daughter of the first Duke of Tuscany. They were, like, the richest family in all of Italy. Like, really? You're going to paint over her face and be like, no, she's ugly, so we're going to paint her and make her look different. Fuck you! Like, she made her look like a different nationality. Like, right. They made her look completely different. Like, her eyes are all different. Like, in in the real painting of who it is, like, her face has character. Her eyes look like she's going to murder you. Right? Like, that looks like a bitch that could get your head chopped off. Dude. They even thinned out her hand. I know! I'm like, it's a hand in a painting from the Renaissance. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, and they the took out first... the dome on the top of what she's carrying. Yep. 
Oh yeah. I, I don't know that that sounded weird to say dome, but you know what I mean. No, I yeah. It's this is the first version of a Snapchat filter. Right, the Victoria she looks up this painting and she's like, "Girl, I look good." <laughs> the Victorians have the original Facetune. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have to post this on the Instagram, obviously. Yeah, yes. and the Facebook group. Yeah, we'll we'll post it. But anyway, I'm sorry. That's what got me all riled up and angry because I'm like, okay, listen. Not only were you horrible to like anybody who didn't like conform to your fucking whatever, so they couldn't be buried in a proper graveyard, <sighs> which is Ugh. disgusting. Uh huh. But like, you also like just like tried to like fucking whitewash history to make it pretty according to your aesthetics you dickheads it's crazy okay i want to know because i was i didn't go back and read the prologue so i was just listening to it and i was driving so i had to like pay attention to the road or like whatever um did they date molly based on her clothing from about like how how old she was when she died and, like, what air, how long she's been there no, for. No, sh- she's just wearing rags and okay, she's just super old. And Will says he wonders why she's there, so he yeah. doesn't know. Uh-huh. I know that they specifically said she didn't have shoes on. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember hearing that. But sometimes it's, like, the hairstyle will kind of date it. Right. Or give it away or whatever. And I just, mm-hmm. I wasn't reading for content, so that was a question I had. I don't think, I don't think so. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Okay. okay, anyway, rant over. I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't want to get too, you know, angry lady at you. <laughs> so, I know, I know. I'm only halfway through the fucking four-page prologue, but, like, I'm getting there, okay? So, <laughs> Will is at the graveyard chatting up old Molly, looking to score an eight ball of demon powders, but old Molly's been around the block, baby, and she's <laughs> not falling for that trap. Okay, which is rather funny considering Will has already established a relationship with the ghostly queen pin. Quote, Magnus had already sent Will to Old Mall several times now, once for black stinking candles that stuck to his skin like tar, once for the bones of an unborn child, and once for a bag of fairy's eyes, which had dripped blood on his shirt. Okay, whoa, whoa, what? that escalated quickly right yeah for sure i'm like okay black stinking candle okay sure sure but then what these are oddly specific what what kind of magic is he trying to do that would not be necromantic thank you that you would need those specific ingredients that was my question i'm like what the fuck has he got what is he what is will harrendale got magnus wrapped up in because you know that that's how this happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. That little epilogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's so funny to me how things like this come about. It's like, how did you know? Like, why isn't it like Skittles and um, <laughs> Cheetos, you know, that do this? Like, whatever the demon is that wants this um, spell, wants all these bad things. It's just funny. <laughs> Yeah, I put these together one time and this happened. Like, how does this come about? I'd love to know. I don't know. 
So with that delightful image playing behind our eyelids, Will and Old Maul argue the true risks the clave poses to a spirit who slings supernatural drugs. Will is of the opinion that the shadow hunters have far more important things to concern themselves with. And besides, she's incorporeal. What are they going to do anyways? And Old Maul... Old Maul's like, yo, the clave loves to surprise bitch downworlders with the pick four wild of trump cards, the silent city, a place that can hold both the dead and the living. It, and I'm not about that life. Okay. So like, no, I don't not into that. it. Nope. <clears throat> That's fair. But a Herondale would never come to a negotiation empty handed. He brought loot. And this part is actually kind of sad. So Old Maul accepts payment in the form of gold wedding rings because hers was lost. And she believes that if she finds it, she'll be able to finally pass on, which is like really depressing. It really is. Uh-huh. And like the, the, how excited she is and like how obviously people manipulate that. I mean, Will's doing mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But ugh, ugh. anyway. Well, and doesn't he say like. Sorry, I'm kind of trying to like read through your thing just so I don't repeat if you're going to say something. But basically the word on this, just the lore of it is that her ring's actually lost at the bottom of the Thames. Yeah. So like the likelihood of it being there isn't very high. Right. But they're still mm-hmm. going to use that to. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not that she's without. Obviously no, she's. She's definitely like obviously put it out there. Like if you bring like you can trade me. We can barter with uh-huh. gold rings because I want to find my gold ring. I mean, I'm assuming. Yeah. Right. See, right. it huh? seems like like Otherwise, she wasn't how would they like, know? caught off guard by this offer. Like, uh huh. <laughs> right. She's like, oh, yeah. gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> the clave's vengeance ignored. Old Maul makes the deal and moves to Jet, but Will's not done bargaining. He wants something else—a love potion. What? The portion. A portion of <laughs> yes, a portion of the meat stick. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so Will wants a love potion. Fucking record scratch. What? Like, <laughs> Ghost Granny is just as confused as I was. I mean, if you need a love potion with a face and a body like that, your personality must fucking suck. <laughs> like. Like something does not compute. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Will explains that it's opposites day and he's actually looking for a potion to turn love into indifference. Because <laughs> that's a thing. Right. Not right. hatred. Right. <laughs> but Old Maul's like, yeah, you don't need magic. I, ha- I have complete faith that you, William Herondale, are capable of making a woman hate you. <laughs> hate you all on your own. No, I gotta go try on my new rings. Okay, bye! (laughs) She disappears into the mist. Will uh, admits aloud that the potion wasn't for her. It was for him. Ooh. So let's unpack that one. Right. Shy of surprise. I I mean, mean, not really. I think we kind of saw that coming. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to know, what do you think she does with the rings when she's done with them? Is she making a set of brass knuckles? I mean, that's smart. Yeah. I I, I just want to know how she gets these things she's giving to people. Uh-huh. Who's bringing her this demon she power? Okay. Trade and I also have, I have a question as well. 
And I'm really sorry that I'm spending so much time thinking about this character that I don't even remember if we ever see her again. But I just want to know. Mm-hmm. They're saying they. It's it is rote. <laughs> her eyes are like blue flames. And it's like that's not an all ghost thing, right? Like this lady is just like huh. something else. I don't know. We haven't seen that many ghosts. I, don't know. I know, yeah. but like I just don't. I know that she's described as old because that's literally mm-hmm. what you called her the entire time, <laughs> right. old Molly. But I imagine her to be like that girl in Harry Potter in the bathroom. Oh, okay. Oh, moaning, okay. moaning Myrtle. Margaret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. I imagine her that's like. I pictured. The. Um, oh, my God. I'm having a moment. Dame Maggie Smith mm. in Downton Abbey. Okay. Like that's what I, but not her size at all. Like mm-hmm. more of like a Molly Weasley sort of character for some reason. I don't know. Oh, gotcha. But those, that kind of outfit and her hair like that. See the little hat. I see more like girl from the ring. Okay. But oh, like an okay. old lady, like rags huh. and like filthy kind of hunched over. Okay. Oh, Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I love how we always have different ideas right? of things. Well, and then he said that she's Our a powerful pictures. ghost because she's able to, like, grab things and, like, mm-hmm. do stuff. She's right. able to will her like body Casper. to be. So it would make sense if she was, like, older and had learned how to do that. Uh-huh. Cause to me- and maybe that's why her eyes look like that uh-huh. for some reason. And for me, old Molly isn't – maybe it is a reference to how she physically looks, but I think she's been around for a really right. long time. So it's like – right. That's why I was wondering if maybe there was any indication of like her clothing or like how yeah how long she might be dead for or whatever. Right. Anyway, I will stop talking about the ghost character. Let's continue to chapter one. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so we leave Will wanting a anti love potion so he can not love Tessa, I'm assuming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not for Jim. It has to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to suck because let's talk about chapter one, baby. <laughs> a dapper as fuck Jem is escorting our dear Tessa around Westminster, Westminster Abbey. Spoiler alert. She's into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Quote, I shall count that as a blessing, said Jem. I was beginning to worry, you know, that everything you encountered in London was going to be a disappointment. A disappointment. Tessa's brother, Nate, had once promised her everything in London. A new beginning. Blah, blah, blah. She found horror and betrayal. Blah, blah, blah. Quote. And yet. (laughs) And yet. Not everything has been. She smiled up at Jem. Okay. So, like, she had internal monologue that I didn't really feel like talking about but she's basically thinking like yeah everything is sucked except that she looks at Jem and he's hot and she's like not everything sucked <laughs> but maybe I will yep I th- <laughs> I feel like Robin had it right in the wrap up but wait what did I miss she I said maybe I would <laughs> Robin's delayed reaction was beautiful I just had to, like, <laughs> process it for a second. Uh, well, I think Robin had it right at the in the wrap-up episode when you said um, 
that you think that at the end of the book she basically was starting to get into Jem mm-hmm. because now we're jumping right in to them like being cozy kind of well and as we because it's been two it's weeks your part yeah i was gonna say it's mm-hmm. they've been sightseeing for two weeks yeah. so they've been you know yeah let me escort you darling and i like i love how they put the detail of where his hands at on her so it's like right mm-hmm. right above the elbow or whatever in the crick in the safety area because yep. you know he's a fucking yeah, gentleman so totally, and you know yeah he totally did you know yeah i was gonna say you know that knuckle is grazing a boob he's grazing side boob yep. yeah <laughs> yeah and she's into it <sighs> tastefully he's got like an ass side boob yeah, so she's just looking at Jem like he's a T-bone steak, and now she's like, everything sucks by you, boo. So Tessa and Jem's second not-date date is a clave meeting. How cute, sharing interests and everything. <laughs> we stan. So anywho, the council chamber is actually inside the abbey, so they blend in among the mundane tourists, and Jem leads her to the poet's corner where a bunch of like dead writers are buried. And statues to ones that aren't buried there are, right? So as soon as Tessa realizes where they are, she goes full fangirl. And she's like, oh, my God, how did you know I'd want to visit here? (laughs) Jem's like, "Uh, books are all you fucking talk about. So not really a far leap. (laughs) And I'm just starting to realize how fucking low on your bar is set. (laughs) Like, fucking yikes. (laughs) Just kidding. What he actually says is, quote, how could I not when I think of you and you are not there? I see you are. I see you in my mind's eye, always with a book in your hand. Like, I'm sorry. Okay. And then Jem blushes and turns away. But Tessa clocks it. And she's like, ah, shit. I think I'm catching feelings. (laughs) But dude, like, I want someone to say that to me. Be like, I see you so hard that when I close my eyes and I think about you, I see you doing the shit you love. <laughs> like, I see you so hard. I'm going to close my eyes. Like saying, I'm going to see Amanda yeah. washing dishes. Just like, mm. <laughs> what's up? Girl, she's Girl got that scrub. kitchen lemon When you soap. scrub, your booty wiggles. <laughs> Probably does. <laughs> I don't like... In my mind's eye. Weird. Don't like it. Yeah, that was a fun yeah. start. <laughs> so <clears throat> I know that you said that um, she's like, oh, shit, I'm catching the feelings. But what she actually says out loud is. Um, you're a good friend. You really yeah. are a good friend. Listen, I Dude, I <laughs> was like, I had a moment. I was like, you just got boxed into the friend corner, 100%. bro. Yep. Friend zoned. That's it. <laughs> Which seems weird because she really did seem into him. The whole beginning okay, of the chapter. Okay, but we're playing by Victorian etiquette rules. So, like, I can't okay. say that she totally friend zoned him. Because, like, she would never be able to, like. No, I just, his reaction was like, what did you say? And she's like, uh, friends, are are we not friends? Yeah. No, I mean, right. totally. Don't you feel that way, totally. too? But still. Yeah. It still stings. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I still say she's just running scared from those feelings she's catching. Mm, it's fair. That's fair. She's got to keep, got to keep them separated. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> so before Will or Jem can actually answer, like, yes, he also thinks she's a good friend or any, you know, anything like that. Of course, now it's just in time Will this time. <laughs> and he comes around the corner reciting, I assume, a poem or story of some kind. I don't know. And um, Jem is like, oh, it's you. <laughs> He's like, but I thought like you weren't coming with us. And like you're late for the council meeting. Which is a weird thing to say since they're obviously still out there. Obviously they're late too. And, and so Will calls him on just it. TO'd. Yeah. <laughs> he's just mad that he showed uh-huh. up. He's like, bro, you're ruining our good time. <gasps> oh my God. I love this tension. It's my favorite. Cause they're both like, they don't want to admit, but they're both kind of like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're kind of on my, you're in my circle. What are you doing? <laughs> like, well, if it's me, like thinking, I would think, and I'm probably, you know, you know where my stance is on things, but I'm like, to me, Jim is such a good guy mm-hmm. that regardless of how he feels about Tessa, I bet he's upset that Will's treating her poorly. Yeah. Like, so then he's upset oh, yeah, that Will, right. you know what I mean? I think that that's mm-hmm. in play there as well as yeah. them both, like. Yeah. Well, and he probably. I mean, he is the nicest to Jem, but he's not nice to Jem right. either, you know, uh-huh. really. So, yeah, he's probably just like this guy, you know. You're like, dude, just yes. eat a Snickers already. Mm-hmm. Yes. Come on, Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, Tessa internally can't shake the thoughts of Will when she sees him. She's like, he needs a haircut. Mm-hmm. He's so pretty slash handsome. And then she keeps reminding herself. She's like, stop it. <laughs> is not your business <laughs> like he's broken okay and we don't need that shit we as in myself <laughs> so the group the three of them head towards the council meeting which as Kristen said is a part of the abbey and um so the church allows shadow hunters access to this previously used treasury room and Jem explains and i quoteth <laughs> Monarchies <laughs> down through the ages have tithed to the Nephilim in secret to keep their kingdoms safe from demons. And I think that's interesting because obviously we talked about that mm-hmm. back when Jace was getting weapons from the church and stuff. So, uh-huh. of course, Tessa's like, well, not in America. We don't have a monarchy. And I think that's exactly how she said it. <laughs> yeah. Read your quote here. I'm like, no shit, bitch. And I'm like, <laughs> Read my quote. Okay. It says, I would say that with my arms folded, like Adam Sandler asking for more gum. Do you have any more gum? More gum? More gum? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's so dumb. I love it. Oh, I know. I know. That's exactly how I pictured myself. Too, so thank, you. thank you very much. Good night. I'll be here all week. Yeah. Uh, so Jem reminds her that there is a government, you dumb dumb, and they deal with the Nephilim. Okay. Uh, so when they get down, you know, they're like heading towards it and all this stuff. Eventually, the altar like moves as they approach, and they were able to walk through it. And this kind of reminds me of when uh, Jason, all of those Clary, and all those people went mm-hmm. to Fairyland, mm-hmm. which is what I think we very 
uh, appropriately called it because <laughs> the curtain like moved and stuff it just reminds me of that so anyway they had to use torches to continue down like a tar dark and creepy sounding downward slope and i just why does everything have to be so secretive how did i not remember this thinking back on this book series how was this something know. i forgot i don't know yeah it's weird i don't like it because <laughs> it's the first chapter so they come yeah do they okay yeah. never mind doesn't ask you a question that you can't answer continue Okay. Um, so the they eventually come to two doors with, um, I think it's a rune. I assume it's a rune. Anyway, it's like four interlocking points. And Gem explains that they stand for Clave and Council and Covenant and Consul. Too many C words. Those are all there. Like, we always talk about it. And here they are in one sentence reminding me how many Cs there are. <laughs> so when they finally, they go through that. And um, when they finally get to their destination, it's an amphitheater with a platform in the center. And Charlotte and Henry were seated on the platform along with several other men that are dressed in robes. And I just don't understand the whole robes thing. Like, even on judges, why do they need to be dressed differently? I don't understand. <laughs> I think it's, it's crazy that they still wear white wigs. Mm -hmm. Like, that's oh, a yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. I had to Google that it's when weird. I watched the second season of Broadchurch. <laughs> okay. It just seems itchy. It's for real, dude. Because I'm assuming they're synthetic. They're not going to go out and get like human hair. <laughs> dude, wigs, maybe. Right? Maybe. I mean, you can get maybe human hair wear it all the time. So I assume. Yeah. You could. I don't know. No Us thanks. Americans, we don't get that because our country's not very old. That's fair. Right. They've got like it's super like that old traditions and stuff. That meme when they show like the. um. 17 like colonial like the tri whatever <laughs> the tri hat tri what is it called uh, tricorn hat tricorder hat yeah, what yeah. is it yeah and like the buckles and it's like what lady was just like dude this guy looks so hot man look at that hat look at those Seriously? look at the pantyhose and those buckles on his shoes like dude that looks good. Like, good hey listen listen the 17 and then you watch outlander not... and you're like that is how yeah that is how yep. wait say that one more time you watch Outlander and you're like, that's how. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, the 1700s were not a bad time for men's fashion. We had butts a galore. <laughs> like in those calves. Damn, baby. Damn. Damn. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, OK, so they're in this room and Tessa recognized one of the men on the platform as Inquis Inquisitor Whitelaw. You know, the dude that, like, tried to strip, get her to strip for him. I got a Ew. C word Ew. for him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and a man greets them at the door as they walked in and started to ask who Tessa is. He knew, of course, Will and Jem. And, uh, but, of course, Tessa has to interrupt before he can finish his sentence by introducing himself. He's like, I, I assume this is. And she's like, yeah, I'm Tessa. I'm from New York. <laughs> New York. I don't. Sorry, that was really I'm bad. Brooklyn. I super apologize for that. I take it back. <laughs> She's just like, I'm from Brooklyn, bitch. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> and so the whole room goes wild. Okay, not really. But people start to kind of talk about. She can hear people saying that someone interrupted the console. Mm. So yeah, she just interrupted console Wayland. Like, come on, girl, just let him finish. Awkward. <laughs> anyway. 
doesn't seem like a big deal to us now, but I'm assuming, especially in this world and back mm-hmm. then. Uh-huh. And she's very really out of place here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this Wayland dude is like, oh, I heard you already answered like a buttload of questions <laughs> for the Enclave, but I hope you don't mind because I'm going to ask you some more. <laughs> She like wasn't sure how to answer the question, but somehow Charlotte just knew, like she she just felt that they were in the room. And um she looks up from the platform and she nods to Tessa so that she tells Tessa, like, I know what this guy's asking. Yeah, it's fine. You can answer his questions, whatever. It's do do what he asks, basically. So she agrees to answer the con- answer the consul's questions. So he directs her to go to the council bench. And um, Will and Jem are allowed to direct her there or something. I'm just like, this. okay. So the consul gets out once she gets down there and everybody's there. The consul gets out the mortal sword and Tessa has to flex by calling it by its name. And he's like, oh, you have been studying. Who's taught you this? Is it William? <laughs> James? And Will's like, no, bro, this bitch asked <laughs> so many questions. She figured that shit out on her own. She can't stop. <laughs> can't stop. Won't stop, baby. <laughs> yeah. I feel she's the original Inquisitor. You should have okay? called him Jim- Jimothan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. So, Dick Lightwood. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Benedict. Dick Lightwood. His new name is Dick. <laughs> he is heckling in the background from the stadium, whatever, amphitheater from his seat. And he's like, yo, she's not even a down or she's a downworlder. She's not even a shadow hunter. She doesn't even go here. Like she <laughs> yeah. She didn't go to this school. <laughs> yeah. He's like, not only should she not be here, but the mortal sword isn't even going to work on here. You dummy. Like, what it off. are you even thinking? Yeah. <laughs> and consul's like, shut the fuck up, bro. Let me do my thing. <laughs> And he reassures Tessa that they're not going to hurt her. But he calls her a little warlock. And she reminds him that she doesn't have a warlock mark. So, like, you shouldn't call me that because I don't have the mark. <laughs> like, fucking semantics. And, um, so she's, yeah. She's like, bitch, you don't know anything. Like, I don't have the mark. Don't call me that. As far as you know, I'm a mundane. So, whatever. So, he asks what she is. I think he directs it to her. Like, so what are you? And the Inquisitor steps in and answers for her. And she doesn't, like, basically, she doesn't know, and neither did the Silent Brothers. Like, nobody knows what this bitch is. So he says that he, she can just sit down. And um, she can give evidence, but her testimony will only count as half of a shadow hunter. What the fuck? What does that even mean? Nobody knows. <sighs> I don't understand. Some bullshit elitist so, crap. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's just to sound cool. Yep. It's like when you go to a restaurant, like when we take Lincoln with us, and we're like, yeah, it's two and a half. Why? <laughs> he's a human being. Why do we make that joke? That's what that's what he's doing here. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, he also dismisses Henry for some reason and says he can go sit down, but Charlotte needs to stay on the platform. I just think it's kind of uh, maybe Henry just knew, assumed and went and sat with Charlotte and he was like, no, bro, you're fine. Like, go sit down. We, know we don't want you. you. We don't want people seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. feel like that's what it was. He looked super yeah. stressed out, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so they all go sit with Jessamine in one of the front rows. And um, it's, you know, it's a tight space because there's a lot of people in there. 
And so as soon as they sit down, Tessa can feel Jem's body heat on her shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get fired. I like it. Physical. 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 (laughs) Okay. So this council meeting starts off the same as any regular old meeting. Someone's bringing up minutes from the prior meetings, all of which you had good intentions of solving, but no one's really done anything yet. And we know it has at least been two weeks since shit popped off at the Institute. These motherfuckers are still going round and round about the events. I suppose shadow hunters are really part human after all. One hundred percent sounds like every meeting I've ever been in. This could have been an email. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They're like, can we zoom? No. <laughs> Dude, okay. My bad. Okay. Basically, Charlotte is made to recant what had happened at the end of Clockwork Angel. And Tessa's post, she has to talk about like her recent past. So like Nate, the Dark Sisters, her powers, all of that stuff. I'm not going to talk about it because we already know it's the author's device on how to like pop that In case you forgot last into book. the story. Yep. Yeah. Recap. Previously yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But during this testimony, we find out that the Inquisitor has investigated Tessa's past. And contrary to what Mortmain suggested, they found nothing out of the ordinary with her parental units. And to the best of their knowledge, Nate is also a Mundi. So, like, her mom's a Mundi, her dad's a Mundi, her brother's a Mundi. It's possible that, like, her real dad could be a demon, like Mortmain said. But then, like, there's the missing, like, warlock mark to consider. Mm -hmm. So, they're back at square one. And um, the council asks Tessa about her powers and if she's been exploring her limits and constructs within them. And she's like, oh. I like that eyebrow raise. Sorry. <laughs> that yeah. feels. She's like. That, that feels like. That feels like a pointed question that has a reason behind it that does not make me feel warm and fuzzy. It's loaded. Yeah. yeah it's not just a. Uh-huh. Good for you. Good for you. That's so, that's great. <laughs> So then he also asked her if she tried to turn into Mortmain. Because once, you know, when she turns, she can unlock whatever. And she's like, no, I didn't even think about that. No, that's a great idea. Why didn't anybody suggest it? No, you fucker. Of course I've tried. Right. If I tried, we wouldn't be here right now. He left a button and I tried to change into him. But guess what? There was no spark. We didn't have any chemistry. There's nothing for me to connect with there. And I want to know. Did Nate not leave anything behind? Can she not? Like, I feel like she would be able to turn into Nate. Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't have anything. Because yeah. he did put his old clothes back yeah. on. Yeah, maybe maybe he didn't, there when. wasn't anything of his leftover. Uh-huh. Because then maybe Nate Nate's probably with Mortmain and he probably knew the plan. Mm-hmm. So maybe she could like, whatever. Anyway, she's tried to turn into Mortmain. It has not worked. And my thing is, it's like, maybe that was something borrowed and it's not his mm-hmm. on purpose right. well, because he knew. He just got well, it. He's, yeah, he's aware of what her, the limitations of her power are. So I would assume that he would take precautions. I mean, he's, he's obviously smart, right? Like, yep. we can't be yeah. like, he's an idiot. He's not, he's outsmarted them at every turn. Like he thinks three steps ahead so that it would, yep. it would make sense that that's something he uh-huh. would think of. Well, my guess would be based on when she transitioned or whatever turned into um, uh, Camille, mm-hmm. 
she was hearing Camille's thoughts and Camille was kind of sort of communicating uh-huh. with her. So I'm assuming if she was able to change into Mortmain, he would feel that in some way. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Camille was able to hold back and not let her in. Uh-huh. So I'm yeah. sure Mortmain right. would have those skills. Right. Like you're suddenly just sitting there and there's a, like a doorbell going off and you're like, anybody else hear that? <laughs> She's knocking to get But in. it's Biff from <laughs> Back to the Future. He's like, anybody home, butthead? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, so we're making the same joke here, but mine says Ben a dick. <laughs> so Lightwood great. scoffs under his breath and he's like, convenient. <sighs> Whatever. And <laughs> Council Wayland, however, seemed to not be buying into his bullshit. And he just like, he's not even listening. He's a fly on the wall. He doesn't care. And he just lets Tessa take her seat. And so the council kind of like, goes up because he's like a big freaking dude and he has that's like this deep gravelly voice so he has presence Mm -hmm. on his little like podium right yeah and so he's reiterates like mortman left mortman mortman (laughs) sorry (laughs) morty morty left town (laughs) no one has any idea where he's gone and all of his houses have been emptied and he went to the left to the left Mm. everything he owned was in a box to the left Sorry. Wrong crowd. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Apparently, the Enclave even got help from their friends at Scotland Yard, and they weren't able to find anything out either. So this guy is really MIA. Everything's laid out on the table. We've gone through what happened in the last moments at the Institute. Everything's out. And the consul decides that he's going to bring down the punishment. This is what we've heard. This is what's happening. So basically, because of Charlotte and Henry's missteps and how they handled the whole Magister fiasco, like, kind of, Charlotte almost, I feel like she needed to prove herself. And I think they knew that she wanted to and she kind of, like, fucked up mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. getting a second opinion or whatever. He tells the Enclave or the council, the council, everybody that's there, his recommendation is that they're censured for the next three months and all of their official actions have to be approved through him before, like, they get to go ahead to keep going. Then there's a squeak from the crowd, a nagging, whiny squeak, if you will. You guessed it. It's Benny the Dick. Interrupting the consul to say that he doesn't agree with his punishment. And he thinks that um, there's some, like, nepotism going on up in her because the consul has a sweet spot for Charlotte because of his ties to the Fairchild family. So he's basically turning a blind eye to her blunders, up to and including pissing off the downworlders by attacking De Quincey. And the consul, I think, remains pretty, like, composed. And he's like, yeah, okay, like, we did get some complaints in the log. Somebody called and said we forgot their ranch sauce with their chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. During the reparations, but the clave's gonna do what the clave's gonna do through the law, and like you need to myob. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And Benedict like is able to kind of like wave the slight off, and goes on about how the Branwells should be the ones responsible We're looking for Mort for looking for Mortmain, and um, since they're the ones that let him go, and they ain't doing shit, okay. <laughs> And the whole room is like, ooh, like someone just dissed the teacher. Burn. Burn. Oh. Or like when somebody pages you to the office and you're like, ah. You know. 
Yeah, like when I or got someone suspended. comes in and gives the hall pass, and they're like, "Oh, uh, Kristen, you need to go to the office." No, the worst was in in health class when the security guard came in and we're like, "You need to come to the principal's office." And I was like, "Oh shit!" And Biology. so I got up and I left my I was I left my bag under my table, and he's like, "Bring your backpack!" And everyone in the room went, "Oh." <laughs> Did you get expelled when that happened? Because um, I did. I did not get expelled. I got suspended. And then I did not get invited okay. back the next year. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Opposites for me. I got expelled and then they retracted and only oh, suspended me. Oh, look at me. you. <laughs> that's not funny. Anyway, sorry. Go on. My bad. Okay. So the council tries to reign in the crowd. And tells Benedict that he shouldn't be hostile towards the leader of the Enclave. Like, it's not a good look for you. Green is not a good look for you, okay? It's not cute. (laughs) I need a breath for this. Because this motherfucker straight up decides that he's going to mutiny against our dear Charlotte and oust her from the Institute and the Enclave leadership. Because basically, in his opinion, everyone knows that Henry's a big old dope and not helping actually do anything. And Charlotte's just an emotional mess because she's like mm. a woman and a man would have wouldn't have been fooled by the spy Nathaniel and like it's all her hormones fault. It's the ovaries that did it, really. I'm fine. I'm... <sighs> and can I get a who the fuck does this guy think he who is? Who the fuck does this guy think he is? Does this guy think he is? And Will surprisingly stands up like metaphorically and I think physically, right? For Charlotte, and he's like, Look, Nathaniel fooled me, he fooled Jim, he fooled Henry. Like, we got dicks for days. <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> and Benedict dicks on the ready days. is like, Well, Henry is a space cadet, and you and Jim are children, so like, it doesn't count. Wrong, next. And Will <laughs> like tries to climb over his seat, like, he's gonna smack the shit out of Benedict. And Jen, like, stops him, of course. This is, like, governing of reason. And then the other douchebag in the room, Jessamine, starts to get excited because there's drama. <laughs> She's like, like, ooh. It's exciting. This is getting exciting. I'm actually glad I came. <laughs> and Tessa's like, are you kidding me right now? But, like, Jessamine doesn't. She just literally, like, waves her hand at her. And so... She's like, shh, I gotta listen to this. Shut up. Yeah. I'm gonna, gonna, like, miss the good parts. So, Consul Whalen thinks he's trying to embarrass Benedict by calling him out with, like, yeah, okay. And who's, who do you suggest take the place? Like, who's gonna run the Institute? Like, you? And this guy is like, well, if you insist, party, har, har. And then he opens his hands like a Disney villain. That's all I can imagine. Mm -hmm. Like, hands off to this, he's Voldemorting. Okay, and up pops his crab, Goyle, and Pansy, Parkinson, Posse. Okay, <laughs> they're all there except it's two rando shadow hunters and Lillian Highsmith. Same thing. And Benedict is like, I'm officially challenging Charlotte's position as the head of the Enclave, and there's three, mm. and the three of my douche crew are here to back up my claim. You know what? It's, <laughs> you know what they are. Benny and the dicks. <laughs> I've been holding on to that for a whole paragraph. I love it. It's perfect. It was great. I'm 
Uh, my heart is so light right now. It was great. <laughs> Benny. <laughs> Benny and the dicks. That's, that's going to be the, the episode title. Benny and the dicks. Awesome. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so the console's like, hey, watch it. Hey, hey, easy, easy. Cool it. We need to be coming together, not dividing and causing unrest. But Benedict is serious, and the law allows him to do so. So, like, what? What are you going to do about it? You going to tell me you're going to break the law? No. So, the council's like, okay, I'm going to make Benedict eat his words. So, in the end, he proposes, would you like to play a little game? <laughs> Charlotte and Henry have two weeks to track down Mortmain or come up with a major reputable clue to his whereabouts and if they do this then you have to drop the challenge and charlotte's like <laughs> find mortmain alone with just this fucker like just henry this is my teammate <laughs> that's the one you chose baby <laughs> and one's like no no it, it, hold on Let's set some ground rules for this game. You can call on the clay for specific needs. Of course, the Silent Brothers and the Iron Sisters. Like, you can use us. But the responsibility lies with you alone. And Lillian Highsmith is like, I don't like this deal. Like, we're, you're turning the hunt of deranged mass murderer Mortmain Black into a game. And the console tells her that she could with, like, okay, cool use it you don't like it this is a game why don't you just like withdraw your support and then would like it would end it right here right but an icy look from benedict shuts that down so she's like she must be more afraid of benedict than she is of the council yeah. so who is this mother what is this guy into and the other ifs and buts are settled the institute's going to be getting servants from other places so thomas's brother cyril and a second cook from the dublin institute are both en route to London and um by the way they're like trained fighters unlike your staff was that died Thomas did pretty damn well for himself so yeah and of all people Henry bless him is like whoa watch yourself Thomas and Agatha were trained how fucking dare you and he got butthole lips when he said it the mom look finally Henry Dude. I'm sorry, you put Henry and Luke up against head on, head to head? I don't know. That's a tough call. I mean, it's Luke, but uh -huh. I agree. I mean, I get like. It's tough. But Henry's got Luke dad energy from, too. To me, I think of Henry as a cartoon character in my head. Oh. So. Okay. He doesn't look like that, but I just do. Anyway. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Tangent. <laughs> You're telling me we don't have one cartoon character in this book? <laughs> but just him. <laughs> this is like, what is it? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Benedict is like, well, like maybe Thomas and Agatha were trained. But let me break it down for you. Lovelace, your parlor girl, and that downworlder are most definitely not. And that needs to change. And to help out, like, I'm going to be, like, a good guy. And so I'm going to send my sons, Gideon and fucking Gabriel, trademark pending, to go live at the Institute. 
And both Charlotte and Gabriel are like T.O.'d, like the two enemies that get teamed up on a school project together. <laughs> they, like, they both don't want it. And Waylon's like, tells Charlotte basically, like, don't look a gift horse in the mouth and like accept the assistance. Like, he's mm-hmm. offering you his kids. Like, shut up. Right. Take it. And then, like, rabble, rabble, whatever, the meeting's adjourned and um, set to reconvene in two weeks' time to figure out, like, did you do it? <laughs> did it work? Did you find Mor- Morty? Where are you at? Morty McFly. (laughs) So everyone kind of like mingles and hangs out like for a little bit, like at the end, like it's at the end of a Marvel movie. So you want to see what's at the end of the credits. Right. Mid credit scene. Mm hmm. And then when Charlotte finally does leave, she heads into the hall, pulls a Tessa and kicks the wall. And like, dude, this is Westminster Abbey and you're kicking the wall. Yeah. For real? Like, I know you're mad, girl. Victorians, right? Dude. <laughs> and Henry's like, darling, darling, calm down. And Will's like, suggests that she funnels that anger back into the chamber and into Benedict's egg sack. Like, that's where you can charge that into. And the council, like, tracks her down. And she's like, hey, your father wouldn't approve of your temper. Temper, temper. And Charlotte is pissed. So she's like... The enclave's gone. The pretense is gone. She's not holding it back. She's just going to say how she feels. And I don't blame her. Like, good for her. And so she's like, yeah, my dad told me, like, temper, temper. But he also told me that he wished he had a son. And maybe if he had, then, like, they wouldn't have gotten treated like a child in the enclave meeting like you just did. And Waylon's like, no, let me explain my tactics here. Like, look, I placed you in the position of the institute not because of your dad but because like I thought that you'd actually do a good job and Charlotte's like okay like maybe but remember when you were appointing me you also told me that you'd have to pair me as a married couple because the enclave wouldn't accept leadership under a woman so Mm -hmm. you fucking said that I have receipts read them And he retorts and he's like, this is a quote. Well, congratulations, Charlotte. I don't think any member of the London Enclave are under the impression that they're in any way being led by Henry. (laughs) And Henry agrees. He's like, yeah, I'm rather useless. Guess it's just my fault. Everything happened. And then it's the like the the price is right again. But when you get like zero, the bankrupt. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that pri- that's wheel of fortune i don't know why i said the price is right wheel of fortune is what i was thinking of okay. i think okay yeah that's the price is right yeah. That I okay did. yeah you did the price is right anyway that doesn't matter <laughs> the con- <laughs> the council's like nah bitch okay i'm actually gonna quote it he doesn't it doesn't start with nah bitch <laughs> He's like, it's a combination of a generalized complacency of the cl- on the part of the clave bad luck and bad timing and some poor decisions on your part charlotte and again, like, okay, you want to say that Charlotte and Henry have to lead the Institute together. Henry doesn't have to sit in front of the Enclave in the council by himself mm-hmm. and get attacked. Henry doesn't get any, like, points deducted from Gryffindor for not, like, tracking down Mortmain. It's all on Charlotte. Mm-hmm. But you're making yep. them be it together. Like, 100% or no percent. Get right. out of here, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, And I guess... In his crazy, cranky Victorian way, what he's doing is really supportive in the fact that he did take a leap of faith for her 
in the first place of pointing and he's trying to back her up at the same time but like it's small potatoes it's not enough it i'm giving you a grain of salt a light dusting if you will it it feels like he's doing the bare minimum to do the quote-unquote right thing when he's really just worried about like how it looks about him because he's the one that Mm -hmm. appointed her Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yep (sighs) anyway you guys charlotte is still angry and feisty but and so like they're kind of going back and forth but he ends by telling her that and he kind of like he dads her dude he's like look I tasked you this because it's your fucking job. You're the head of the enclave. This is what you should be doing anyway. And if it's impossible and it's too hard for you, then maybe you should just ask yourself like why you want this job so badly in the first place. Get it done. Oh, harsh, but I'm sure that's I'm sobering. sure it'll be effective. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's not wrong. No. Yeah. But like. Those are some harsh words for someone that's just been drug out for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And she's taking care of these fucking kids. These ungrateful man. little like, shit. On top of everything. Fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm so glad this is this is so exciting. We're starting out with already good stuff. I know. And then in my head, I'm like, so is this good. book going to be another like City of Ashes? Like the whole book's two weeks? Probably. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Honestly. I can't remember the timeline. Yeah, they have two weeks. It probably uh-huh. is. I don't know. Anyway, exciting things are to come. So for that, make sure that you've read chapter two reparations for next week's episode. For behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Down Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.